you know, this weekend, no football going on. We've got the Prem week off. So Actually, we're doing is- something a little bit fun here. There's World Cup qualifiers, if you don't remember. There's World Cup qualifiers, but you know what? A bit of fun. So we've got, we've all contributed three hot takes that we're going to go around and talk about. And we know we've got to make our argument for it. And if we can sort of persuade anyone else, fair play. So let's get into it. Right, anyone, anyone want to put this up forward? All right, I'll, I'll go with the first one. I'll go with the first one. All right. Uh, mine's a fairly, like, common topic. I put that uh, for first is Mourinho is a better overall manager than Pep Guardiola. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I could, that's, I could, a fair, that's a fair. I could, it's, it's, it's a very debatable topic, obviously, but... Um, Currently now or overall? Just overall. I think his, what's it called? He's won Champions League with Porto and then won it with Inter Milan is something that's, I think, extremely underrated. Uh, one league's in uh, La Liga, uh, Syria, Portugal, and Premier League, like that's huge as well. Won their domestic trophies as well. Uh, done back-to-back leagues in Italy and in England. Uh, I guess the only I guess failure on that side would be his his stint in Spain, where he never won the Champions League with Real Madrid. But he was also going up against arguably the best team in football history with that Barca side under Pep. So I mean, that would be the only I guess like. I don't know, dent on his record, but I just think his overall performance as a manager, he's he's performed better with lesser teams compared to Pep, where he's gone City, Barca, Bayern, stuff like that. So I think those are he's got the financial capabilities to spend a ton of money and get the best players in the world, while Mourinho's got like, I guess the lesser players. Well, I guess so, I wanna, what do you, what do you think about like his his more re- um, recent uh, times, like? Especially with um uh like some players with them, especially in Tottenham World with Gareth Bale, um freezing him out, and also with um uh, Paul Pogba at Manchester United. Uh, how do you think he's handled that? As I, I mean, <laughs> I mean the menu the menu stint is is obviously like not that great, but he won Europa League with them in sixteen seventeen uh football league cup as well same year kind of done a double in some respect and then one community shield uh pogba has been proven to show and he's got some type of an attitude problem i don't know if it depends on the managers he's had and stuff but he's had discussions with solskjaer in the past had that huge like bust up in training with Mourinho and stuff so i mean he's he's a personality that's hard to deal with especially as like the manager I would, you can definitely see so i mean there's that aspect but the spurs job obviously was never going to go well it seemed kind of rushed and I don't know but they were just kind of jumping the gun and not giving him like the full backing that they needed but he also turned Harry Kane into a completely different pr- player like he had him drop in in that like false nine like area almost and just like was spraying balls all over the place and was was phenomenal that season but it was just like no trophies they arguably could have won the league cup that year but they fired him what like two days before the day before something like that for what was it Brian Mason to take over or something like that's just mm-hmm. That, that definitely think, hinders on that record as well. I think it's really it's fair to say that Mourinho at this like exact moment in time might be a like I might put him above Guardiola on my Guardiola on my list, but Guardiola's like tactics will like for the next yeah. thirty years be so overpowered compared to Mourinho's because Mourinho's requires so much like precise detail and and like analytics. So, like he targets players and like man marks and does stuff like that. Like he does very 
uh, uh, out, not outward, like, you know, like, diff, like, it's just completely different, like, things that other people don't really do entirely, and he comes up with, like, different, like, when he, I mean, if one example is, like, that couple of the final, where it was, like, Ronaldo was always on the wing, and instead, he always had Ronaldo on the wing, and instead he threw Ronaldo up top, and, like, that's when he turned him into his number nine, and turned, like, threw him up top, and then put Marcelo as, like, basically a left winger, and just put the left winger as a defensive player, and yeah. it was like things like that. It was like it's like super small detail like that. But then nowadays in the game, it's so like dominant by one team, possession wise, things things like that. It's way harder to, I don't know, do smaller things because if you only have the ball for thirty percent of the game, it's so difficult. Yeah, and, and, what, and that that that's tactical like switch changed Ronaldo's game overall as well. Like he's now known like, as an out and out striker, and he switched him from that wing role that he played at United, and then played a little bit at his like. His time in Madrid, but he then became well, that that out and out getting, striker and finisher. Getting away from the point a little bit. So your oh, yeah. statement was that um was it so was it that Guardiola is a better manager than then sorry was it Mourinho is better manager than Guardiola or is it you would you have a club tomorrow you would take uh Mourinho no, just over. better overall better overall so like, like better career I think Mourinho just better career like if you look in, if you just yeah. look back on it like yeah Pep is probably the smarter tactician. But he's been given, I guess, the better squads in comparison to what Mourinho's dealt with. And Mourinho, yeah, I, I think, I has agree. surpassed what Guardiola has could have been able to do, I think. I think his feats, like, today, at this moment in time, maybe not 15 years, but, like, at this moment in time, are more impressive than Guardiola's. Yeah, and I think it, it can definitely change. Like, say, for example, if Guardiola stays at City for the next two, three more years and he wins them champions league every single year and he, he does like three in a row or two in a row then then that's a different conversation but as of this moment in time yeah, yeah. no i think Guardi- like guardiola will probably be the most decorated manager of all time at one point and For he'll sure. just be the yeah, most respected because his longevity and like the style of play and everything but just for what he's like, he's almost accomplished everything. So it's hard to even say no to Guardiola. It's just a Mourinho's done shit and he's made it look like impossible and he's just done it over and over and over and over where would you yeah, um, where would, exactly. where would you put uh, Carlo Ancelotti in, in between those two or below? Because he, well, no, he's, it's those two. It's, yeah, those it's, two it's, a, that's, it's a good, it's a good question, but I think it's, I think it's those separate, two. Above. Separate from the point. Separate from the point. Yeah, Carlo's a top five right now in the world, for yeah. sure. Yeah, he's changed Vinicius, but yeah, that's a different question in itself. Like so, him walking out of Everton where it was like a shit show and he wasn't doing well, and then he walks into this Real side, and I know La Liga is like weak right now, but still walking into this Real side and just dominating. Yeah, exactly. With, and it's also a real side where people were like doubting whether, they, like Benzema was safe, the Venetius actions, how like everyone was saying. Obviously, were, but like they weren't having the form before. Right. But yeah, slightly away. So that's slightly away from the point. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we can move on. We can move on to the next one if you want. Like, I feel Probably like that's a, a good case. Sort of like some. We can sum up all of our views on that one, I guess. Yeah. Let's exactly. Say, I mean, I say the sort of like common spoken thing about Mourinho would be, you know, you give Mourinho any team in world football, and you, he could get them to compete. You know, he'll 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 go into that dressing room, and everyone will want to fight for Mourinho. Like exactly. it's the world against Mourinho. And you know, he gave a Champions League to Porto. That you know, that is just incredible. A non top five league side, you know, limited funds. Whereas you know, you put Guardiola in West Ham, you know, whatever any mid table any mid table Premier League side you would expect not the best results. Yeah. You know. You also forget that Guardiola hasn't been fully successful in the Champions League, even with his time in Bayern Munich. 
coming yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Guardiola yeah. won the Champions League. Yeah. 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 amazing yeah. team. And, Since uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like we've kind of discussed all that. I mean, do you want me to move on to the second question? Or do you have any other, like, inputs? Yeah, we can move on. We can move on. Thomas, right. do you have... Let's see it, Thomas. Down? Is he there? I have no idea. Do you lose connection? No. <laughs> He's muted. It's embarrassing, Thomas. Lads, what? But we're live. What are you saying? We're live. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> did, did you want to share your, your take? Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I mean, this one's like highly debatable. It's actually not like concrete. But I think there's an argument for Haaland being the best in the world at this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, even if... I mean, there's still... Like, in my opinion, there's still Salah and Benzema. But like, well, Lewandowski scored more goals at a rate. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's also the best side, and he's also doing it. Like when Haaland's at a City or a Chelsea, and he's performing in the Champions League, no one's going to question it. And it'll be literally like Mbappe, the exact he's same not. thing. It, no, no, it'll be the exact same hype where it's like this guy's so young and he's just beasting everyone. And he's, I mean, R 9s literally got stats so you can compare to. I mean, Haaland's got stats you can compare to R nine. So so does Mbappe. But I think that Haaland's like a more complete player than Mbappe in a lot of ways. First of all, he can, he's just, I mean, he's just as fast. His dribbling's probably not as good because he's so tall and, and big, but he can do everything a proper like nine asks you to do. And it all, also basically means that managers can use him in any single way. So there's no club in the world this guy can go to and, and not be great. And I mean, Mbappe's the same thing, but I, I just think he's a better player. That's just my pick. I mean, honestly, between those two, it's pretty much a toss up. I mean, if you throw stats around, like you're going to have the same stuff. Um, but yeah, when they both move on from the clubs that they're at, that's when they're both going to be like challenging each other for the Ballon d'Or. And I think it'll be them, and I don't know who else right now is capable. Yeah, I think he needs to like get, um, obviously Mbappe at a very young age won the World Cup. Um, uh, Holland hasn't that had the opportunity yet, uh, to actually get trophies under his belt. Uh, yeah, that's also, and we're yet to, we're yet to see Holland at a major international tournament, uh, competing in the latter stages of the Champions League. So, yeah. you know, I think he's, he's being, still he's being held back. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think it's a it's kind of a what if, but like he needs to move to do something if yeah. he wants to be on, on that level. Because everyone already thinks of him on that level where they see him as like one of the greats or going to be at least. He just needs to be in a position to do it. I mean, Dortmund just literally don't get to Champions League finals, Champions League semifinals. Uh, and they also play against Bayern in, in, in Bundesliga. So it's like... I don't know. It, it maybe it's a time thing, but right now I think the Ballon d'Or is very up, up for grabs or, or best player in the world is very up for grabs. And it's likely Salah who's on it right now. But it could easily be Haaland if he had a couple trophies under his belt. His goal to games are just as similar. So. You mentioned the Ballon d'Or, and this actually brings me on uh, to my point. Uh, I've, I've recently been questioning how, like, how meaningful the Ballon d'Or actually is as, like, um, Lewandowski, clearly the best player um, in the world for the past uh, year and a half, two years. And obviously it was canceled in 2020. Um, and then Messi won it in 2021. And obviously we know he hasn't been as good as he could be at PSG. He hasn't been awful by any stretch of the imagination. He did win the Copa America uh, this summer with Argentina. Do you think, like, what, what do you think about, like, uh, Messi receiving the Ballon d'Or over, like, uh, Lewandowski or um, a- any other people? And do you think that was deserved? I mean, uh, I feel like well, we, I feel, yeah. 
That's slightly away from the point, but in that in yeah. that sort of regard, relating back to Holland. So, uh, like in in very recent moves, Holland has made himself a lot more marketable because, like, if you're relating to the Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or is a popularity contest. There's no getting away from that. So what Holland's done is he's changed his first name from Erling Braut Holland to just Erling Holland because he wants that marketability. He makes himself a character on screen because he wants, you know, Instagram. You can see he, he's always putting himself in the sort of limelight. And when it comes to the, when you want to get votes from Ballon d'Or, you've got to come off as likable. You've got to be commercial. You've got to be brandable. And that's something that he's pushing towards. Obviously, he knows he's not at that level now. He needs that move. But, yeah, just an interesting side, side note. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be like what we what you've just said, that like once he moves to a more competitive team that competes in their domestic league and in Europe, no matter if it's Barca, Real Madrid, Bayern or City, like those are kind of like the front runners for him. Mm-hmm. If he goes to any of those think, clubs, he's going to be, yeah. He goes to any of them, like they're, he's going to be seen as like a much like better world-class talent than he already is at this stage. And he's just performing ridiculously well with the very, I guess, average Dortmund side. It's hard to call Dortmund average because, like, I actually think they're good, but, like, they do nothing in Europe, so it's hard. But, to, like, yeah, but that's, that's so they're actually quite in, com- in comparison to, like, you know, like, if, if if teams are, like, severe, you know, like, we should be giving the strikers like, or players as severe as much respect, I think. But, I don't know, because Dortmund's a funny one because you always think of it as a big club, but they just do nothing really. Like they're always there, but they don't really do anything. So he has I mean, to move somewhere. Uh, I think the answer to your question is basically just, you know, is he very possibly could put himself in that conversation with just six months, 12 months away from the answer. You know, we want to see him at top team. Very, if he goes to Real Madrid, Man City and smashes it, no one will be surprised. But, you know, we just got to wait for that. He could also very rarely, and this is kind of just a joke you made, be, be a, a Bundesliga fraud like we've seen with some of the other guys coming through <laughs> just because he's playing there and racking up numbers. But yeah, that's more of just like sarcastic saying. But yeah, he could, if be, he, yeah, I would be much, I'd be, sh- I'd be thoroughly shocked if he, if he failed. Yeah. But yeah, who's got the, who's got the next one? Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned earlier that like, uh, when I brought up the Ballon d'Or briefly, kind of away with Thomas's point. However, um, I, I do think that like it, it doesn't mean as much as it used to in terms of uh, calling the, the, like who actually performed the best in the given year. Um, what do you, what do you think the Ballon d'Or is meant to mean? Is it meant to mean like achievement or just like winning trophies or just like like personal uh, like skill development in, in within the past year? I, I mean, I, I mean, Tom, it, Tom it's, it's, it's an average well. of all of them, I think. Yeah, Tom, Tom explained well. It's just a, it, it's like a brand image, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's also like you have to play football to a certain level to be put on there. But uh, yeah, it, it, uh, to a certain extent, like guys like Lewandowski maybe miss out because he doesn't have that same like social media hype and he plays in Germany, which is not like England or Spain or whatever. Um, but I mean, honestly, it's usually given to the best player. I I never I didn't mind it going to Messi at all because, he, in my opinion, even if he's not scoring a ridiculous amount of goals, like he he hasn't been putting away a ton of chances in in the French league, but he's still like 
his progressive numbers are ridiculous. Like his shooting numbers are ridiculous. He's hit the post like eight times or probably more at this point. I saw that like a month ago. Um, he's just always involved. He's still the best player on the, on the planet, probably. Um, so yeah. it's that that one's not not really too much big of a deal, but yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm also referring to like 2019, like like obviously Van Dyke, like won the Champions League, best center back in the world at that point. Uh, do you think he got like looked over maybe just because he was a defender? Possibly, because like there's all this hype around players that score goals and create chances and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean he he didn't get what dribbled around for a calendar year or something like that, which is like the crazy. No, no, shut, shut up with that stat. I hate that stat. If you watch Van Dyke play, he's like a cover center back, so like he drops and drops and drops. Yeah, like, yeah. But there's always the- someone else that's getting taken on, and like fair enough, he's not getting beaten on. He's, pro- he's a very good one v one defender, but that stat is so blown up. It shouldn't be like no, it is blown balance. up, but you, but it's like it should be highlighted as something that's somewhat impressive. It's not like the one that should win him the Ballon d'Or. I think it's just something that's part of like his, I guess, skill level for being like the best center back in the world. Like I, that's not going to win yeah, him. Ballon I honestly d'Or. wouldn't. It's not like the most goals in a calendar year for like a, a forward or something yeah. like that. It's just it's something that's added on. Like I agree, it's definitely overblown, but that's just a, a key stat in itself. I don't think Van Dyke would have been ridiculous if he had got it. It would have been fine because he, yeah, it's like as a center back, I think he had done almost everything that year. Like, and when you watch him play, that guy's so, so dominant. Um, and he's so, like, he's so calm and composed. Yeah. Like, he is just he's, he's beautiful to watch. In, in the Messi Ronaldo era, it's difficult, but um, yeah, I mean, like, if, if you say like back then when Fabio Cannavaro got his, I mean, he won a World Cup and he was captain and he was ridiculous back then as well. And like, he was also smaller, so he got a lot of, uh, I, I guess, respect for that as well. Um, but I, I think Van Dyke's probably just as good, if not had a better season. He also won a Champions League, like, so. Also, but also a different era, you know, like that that era. There was possibly no superstar performing at that height. And, yeah. Uh, you know, every year now it's so competitive. Mbappe, Ronaldo, Messi, Haaland producing just. Lewandowski, yeah. all these guys producing, you know, unreal stats. Whereas, you know, 2006, of course, of course, all the greats are doing their thing, but nothing, nothing to the level that we're seeing these days. You need to test that to like tactics and system development as well, though. Like, yeah, of course, of defenders, defenders are asked to do different things, like, and, and attackers are so far up the field. Like, if we look at like an average line or an average position of like a front line, it's way further than 15, 20 years ago. And 50 years ago would have been the same. So it means, yeah. But I, I mean, I yeah. get what you're saying. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to compare. Like there's two different things asking so many, two different roles that ask for so many different things. And it's really difficult to compare defending to attack. Yeah, I guess sure. it's Tom, just that attacking gets the headline. Yeah. Basically. So Tom, what's yours? Since we've now gone through all of ours, I guess. Okay, so we've had two. We've had two that have been talking about sort of like the top end of football. So, World Cup, World Cups in a few months now. My take: I I know who I'm talking to here. US won't get out of their group in the World Cup. I mean, I mean that's a that's kind of an ambiguous take, obviously, because we don't know the group. Obviously, we're 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 yet to see we're yet to see the groups. But you know what? Like, wait, Tom, you say one more time. The U.S. won't get out of their World Cup group. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think that's that hot of a take. 
But, yeah, I can yeah. I can actually back uh, that as an American uh, citizen. I mean, I'll, I'll argue like, against like... it. Uh, yeah, US. argue against it because I I think one of my yeah. hot takes gonna be. Wait, sorry, Tom. Yeah, sorry. Well, you you go, you go, you go. I'll, no, like I'll... one of my hot takes was actually gonna, I was I was gonna say I think the US is confidently a top fifteen team in the world, and okay, I, so I we don't think we... they've they haven't had. Yeah, so we we could we can all do this like as a counter, I guess, but like. I I look at the US team and I I see talent and I see like so much quality. But obviously we haven't been tested at any high level yet. So I mean also like if you're paired into a group that has two good teams, which is very likely in the World Cup, or even three good teams, because everyone's yeah. good in the World Cup almost. Um then yeah, I mean, like yeah, I don't feel like that. I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying, as long as you, you know what, like obviously, go together obviously, if you get in a group with Brazil, Italy, and France, like okay, that you go out that group, it's not embarrassing. But I'm saying, compared to Switzerland, compared to, um, compared to Serbia, you guys would lose to them as well. Well, Tom, I think as, as no, no, as, as I a think Serbia, Serbia that, is, that, is definitely fair. No, I think a counter argument to this take, Tom, is obvious is that I actually don't think we've put out our best 11 yet. I, I don't think we've seen like the US team at like full strength. I think the the I mean, the, the Dos win over the summer was pretty big, but like like that's like I don't think our best uh like that's like our, not been our best team and nor have we like been at our best then. I think we still have a couple more months to grow and especially like these upcoming two games especially the one against Canada this Sunday is probably going to be like the biggest test of like how we're going to do. That's a good level to see. With that. But if, if we're looking at this sort of CONCACAF, what is it called? The Hex. It's 13 games. So sorry, US have played, let me get this up. US have played nine games and they've scored 13 goals. And this is against, you know, El Salvador, Honduras, Panama, Costa Rica, by no means a world, world cup performing nations. And they've, they've picked up, you know, they've, they've dropped points against El Salvador. They've dropped points against Canada, not a top elite side. Drop, lost to Panama, you know, drew to Jamaica. These are results that are not indicative of a side that is going to be pushing into the quarterfinals, even, you know, even potentially beating Europe's, okay, Europe's, you know, qualifying sides, but not, not World Cup winning sides. Even if you're looking across into Japan, Japan have some really high quality players. They're doing well. Uh, you know, South America. Actually, South America, you know, obviously Brazil, Argentina, maybe the other ones aren't performing as well. But obviously, a, a tough group is a tough group. An easy group is an easy group. But if it's an evil, uh, an equal level team, equal level opponent, I think other ones would be more likely to win. Well, it's an interesting yeah. take just because... Um... Obviously, they didn't the 2018 World Cup. However, in 2010 and 2014, um, they both they qualified uh, for the for round of 16. And you would say their team now is better than their team back then, would you? Different team, different team. Like, it's, I don't think there's many players left over from 2018. It's a very young team. Like, I like I I give full credit that there's a lot of young players um, in that team, but still very inexperienced. They're not getting results against weak CONCACAF sides. And I just don't think, you know, a poor manager as well. That's a, that's a key point, a poor manager. And you guys will agree on me on this one. Um, so, yeah, not... Yeah. not, oh, yeah. not I mean, if I'm going to... 
yeah, like I think you're right. Manager's not great, but honestly, the manager situation isn't. Sure. I think what's going to happen is basically we're going to get to the World Cup, and he's not going to do as well as everyone hopes, and we'll he'll probably get fired and sacked for someone who's actually, I mean, tactically ready for the job. I guess um, he's. I look at him and I see him like a deal, like a, a director of football almost. I mean, he's incredibly good. He's good at management, eh, man management, um, and he's recruited really well for the US from abroad, like Destin or them. Uh, so like I've I've enjoyed what he's done with the squad. So I have to like almost give him a chance, I guess. And the squad seems like they enjoy him too. So like at that point, it's almost like why well, break up something that seems good? Because um, like people were talking about getting rid of Berhalter, basically like six, seven months ago, so we didn't have to deal with this where we were preparing for a World Cup and he was still in charge. But I, I honestly think the talent on that field is ridiculous. I, I mean, so Gino Dest is a, capably a top five, top ten right back in the world. Like, his technical ability is far superior than anyone I've ever seen in an American shirt. Um, he's barely American, so, I mean, I guess that's part of it. Um, and then you've got Pulisic, you've got a, a midfield three of Weston McKennie, Adams, and Musa, which is, like, Practically champions level, a Champions League level football across the board. I think Moose is a bit young, so like he's not there yet. But he's if you watch him play, and especially like for the US, he is good. Um, and then you got yeah, you got Pulisic. Uh, who's on the other wing? She's uh, Gia Reyna, uh, Brendan Aronson. Like I think Brendan Aronson's gonna be possibly one of the biggest players on that US team. That guy's just ridiculous. He runs so hard. Leeds are looking at him right now for how, because of how much he runs. He's also, his assists and goal tally is like incredibly good for someone his age, especially someone who basically had a year in the MLS, moved to Austria, Salzburg, who were in the Champions League, made the cha- uh, Champions League last 16, and has managed to like put up goals and numbers and be like incredibly useful for them and productive. Um, so I, I and he adapted to it really quickly. So I, I don't think when he moves to the Prem or if he moves to somewhere else, it'll be difficult for him. And I think in the next two years, or possibly before the World Cup, you'll see him just blow up. Yeah. No, um, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I just, don't doubt the I just quality. think the level of quality is like, I don't doubt there is quality in this side, but I think the World Cup is possibly, you know, 24 months too early. And it's it's going to be a poor, poor performance. Maybe for the best, it means that there's going to be a new manager in for the for the 2020... What is it? 2026. 2026 World Cup. Home. Exactly that home World Cup. There'll be a lot more... There'll be a lot more... Uh, you know, expectation going into that one. But I think, you know, it's a young team. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's the biggest problem if they, if they go on the group stages, but they just don't, don't I don't think they have enough. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the, one you can... thing, the only thing that gives me confidence, or the biggest thing that gives me confidence is like these guys all think they're bowlers and they are bowlers. Like they, they have all like gone from MLS academies or whatever and made their way over to Europe and made it so easy at such a young age. Like I honestly don't think the pressure is going to be big for them. Um, I think our biggest issue is if we get a couple of injuries, we can definitely be done. Like, our World Cup wouldn't be big. I think, if, like, Weston McKenney. Yeah, actually, that's, that's another one. Um, well, I think most, Aronson, most, honestly, most, like, yeah, Death, if any Cup. of those guys get injured, it's a huge, huge, huge loss. Right now, we don't get you know, most A lot of teams are going to the World Cup, you know, six months into a Premier League season. and Or not Premier League, uh, six months into just any season. And, you know, how often do players get injured over that Christmas spell? A lot. All teams are going to get injuries, exactly. and and the US don't have the best strength and depth. They've got a very, they've got a very, you know, capable yeah. starting eleven, but there's there's not a lot on that on that bench. 
there's a huge drop off between the MLS guys and the and like the European guys. It, it's just so obvious. I think it's also a huge drop off in like talent. I mean, not talent, uh, like tactical knowledge and like an understanding of a faster paced game. Because I think when these guys move from playing like Concacaf guys who are just rough and and like getting quick in, and they're playing against your European players who are at a much higher standard, I think it'll be it'll be a test. But I think we have enough European guys that I'm I'm confident. Um, it should work out, but yeah, a couple injuries, and I think we're toast. Anyone know when the uh, the group stage draw is? Oof, no. The World Cup. April. Yeah. Uh, it's sometime in April. April like yeah. April. Oh, yeah. Hey, I think intercontinental, no, 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 April. intercontinental yeah. playoffs are in March. Uh, after yeah, the, it's March. It must be April sometime. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Afcon still is going to a while, and so is the US. US finishes in March. I think is the last international break. Yeah, Europe, yeah, but Europe. realistically, the U.S. only needs what, like, two wins to, I guess, solidify. Yeah, like, I, I, we're pretty confident. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would it would take a pretty big shock for yeah, yeah and, and Mexico US. play Canada in Mexico too, which is which is an interesting like matchup in itself. Yeah, I mean, Canada yeah, like a lot very worst case scenario for the U.S. as having a look at the table would be to go into the playoffs, which obviously is very difficult. So at least there's there's no. There's no that danger of you know, dropping out completely. Well, even in the playoffs, they're gonna face um the uh, Australian um Australian like yeah, it's like the Oceania region or whatever, Oceania, right? Like New yeah. Zealand or um I don't know who else is in it, but uh I, I don't think it's as difficult as the Asian uh Asian. <laughs> you see Chris Wood sending a. Uh... The U.S. away from going to a World Cup. <laughs> oh, that'd break, that'd break that would break my heart. I love that it. would be such bad. But I don't think that would happen. Honestly, who is it? No, if say for example, the U.S. goes up against New Zealand, is Chris Wood just sends them home, just not allowing them to go. Like 25, <laughs> 25 mil boy, no. just coming in. If the U.S. Didn't, if, if the U.S. didn't qualify, it'd actually be a travesty. It'll be it'll also be sad for just American like football. I mean, yeah, like what was it? it? That Trinidad and Tobago game was actually just like one of yeah. the most depressing days as like a football fan, especially being from the U.S. Like yeah. that's just. But also, also the man football in the U.S. is really high right now, and it's growing so fast. So like right now is the time to get into a World Cup and have people actually it's sit it. down on the TV. And- it did give me a little bit of pleasure, you know. I got been supporting Scotland. It's nice to see you boys having a little bit of the uh, the experience that I have in football. <laughs> getting, getting humbled in even some though, respect. Even though it's pissed easy. Is that- <laughs> yeah. Well, on the other hand, what do you guys think of uh, um, uh, Canada and, and their their recent improvements? Oh, they're they're great. Yeah. yeah first I mean, place. You, you can't fault them. Like, they've done very well. You can't, but- you can't fault, them, fault them. And this is without, you know, Alfonso Davies is out. You still won last night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a big loss for them, but they seem to have coped well in some in some respects. But Sunday's game is like is going to be very exciting to watch. Like, it is. I'm I'm probably going to watch it. That's how big it is. Yeah, yeah. game. Yeah, it's even even Canada. They still have uh, David up front. Uh, Anyway, um, (laughs) yes, want to get back to yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of a segue from what we just talked about. The U.S. making it not potentially making it to the World Cup or getting out of the group stage. Uh, mine is just like the U.S. is just going to be like the MLS is just going to be like that powerhouse league that feeds uh, European clubs, like the big biggest European clubs like City, United, Bayern, uh, Chelsea, that, sorry, Barca. I, I, like I, I, the, the MLS in the next 10 years will be the top feeder league for Europe's biggest clubs. Like I think that's without a doubt going to happen just from what I, we've seen I, I in the past. Like – People are saying that it's kind of yeah, just like I, this I burst agree. that we've had with these academy kids. 
but I think this is just the start. Like we've had Alfonso Davies come from the MLS. Gio Reyna is New York City FC Academy. You got Brendan Aronson, Ricardo Pepe, uh, Justin Che, uh, Matt Turner, James Sands. Like these kids are phenomenal, phenomenal players. Like Chris Richards in itself. Like yeah. I think they're just the start of what is really, I think, not to over-exaggerate, but like shock Europe's biggest club in some way. Uh, I'm really impressed. You, you can count it out all you that, want. Like <laughs> all these guys. Nah, Tom. Like that going on. No, this, I, like, I, I think this is a good like I think Tom. It, it, <laughs> no, I mean the fact we'll look in ten years. I think it could take longer than ten. Uh, I mean that's I'm not I'm not worried about that. But I think it's it's growing way faster than people think. Um, I think the talent, like the level of talent in the last eight. I mean, I've been here for like seven to eight years now. The level of talent I've seen has grown so much. And also just, like, the amount of attention and, like, focus that actually gets in the U.S. is growing. Um, but it, it's, like, still a time. I think what's going to have to happen is because the U.S., like, college is so important and, and sports goes through college so much is that, like, D1 soccer is going to have to be really, really good. It's going to have to, like, raise standard. Or because, like, if not, it's just going to be the same as, like, Pulisic going over at 16. But that's not really ideal for every single person. So, like, if they really want to make it a feeder league, they're going to have to develop college soccer first. And the MLS will be good. I, I don't think the MLS will ever be really important. What they can strive to be is something like the Brazilian League or the Argentinian League, where, like, people come through and stay, and they're there for two, three years, and they go somewhere. You're already seeing it with, like, Matt Turner, who I actually think is, like, you know, really, really good buy for Arsenal. Because, first of all, like, gets him into the American market, uh, which, like, Chelsea's already done. And second of all, He's actually an outstanding keeper. Like, I mean, of all the MLS guys, he's the one guy where I'm like, he's quality enough to be in Europe. Absolutely. And he's number two, which honestly, I think, or number two or maybe number three, I guess, because Leonard's still there. But he'll learn so much from being in that that Arsenal team and going like to Europe, playing in Europe. He'll get time and possibly like Stefan. I mean, even if he goes on loan, I think it'll be important for him. Um, and I actually think that guy's got like all the capabilities to be a good goalkeeper. And the US has produced good goalkeepers what's, in the past. So I'm what was the uh what was the so. statement here? Was it that the US would be the best development league in 10 years? I think now? it's going to, for the next, like in the next 10 years, uh, what's it called? The MLS will be like the top feeder league. Like it's going to be producing the best, uh, like young talent outside of I Europe. Mean, again, there's, there's no doubting, you know, like there's always good players capable of coming out of that league. But, you know, if, if we're looking over the last 20, 30 years, well, like maybe not 30, but 20 years, you know, the Portuguese league has produced the caliber of the best players in the world. Yeah, sure. Pulisic is, you know, good. You know, Gio Reyna is good, but they're not, you know, but Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best players in the world. Angel, what a big, big, big player on that side. You know, like you always have, you know, Ruben Diaz, you know, real high performer in, in Man City. You know, like the US is still yet to have a player really really influencing at the top top levels and yes oh, for sure you know, uh like i have i don't doubt that the, you know a lot of the players coming from the mls they were all solid players you know pepe you know he looks like a young talent but i had a look at his stats hasn't scored in his last 12 games with club on country so it's 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 one of these situations like yeah sure in 10 years time like there's every reason that the MLS no, i'm just saying i'm, I'm saying solid. outside of europe though Outside of Europe. Yeah, outside of Europe. Like the Portuguese okay. league, like obviously is phenomenal in producing talent. But I'm saying like we're gonna do better than Brazil, Argentina, all the South American countries, like all that uh, stuff. That's what that's genuinely what I'm saying. 
I mean, Dude, again, all right, so, all right, do better. I, I don't know about do better. I think the U.S. will be yeah. striving towards again, that, and again, be, you're, you're be, almost, I, I think they'll actually produce a number. You're almost saying that you think the the U.S. national team is going to be better than Argentina and Brazil in that time because you know all the best Brazilian players come through Brazil. All the best Argentinian players come through yeah. Argentina. They come from uh, yeah. They develop through like a different league in Europe before they join the Liga or the. Premier League. Not necessarily, you know, like no, no, they, they, they make a lot, the a lot of Argentinian right? players play in Argentina before they come over. And that's yeah. um yeah, I can't say in ten years' time that I think the US will be a better national team than established yeah. established nations that like Brazil and Argentina, you know. No, yeah, that, that's that's fair play. I think it'll I think it'll definitely surprise you where they are in comparison to them. But uh I I, I didn't agree with what I didn't agree with Pierce saying it's better. I agree with them getting very, very close and becoming a top feeder nation to Europe. Like, I think they'll... Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this, is, this, is hot takes. this is hot takes. This is hot takes. I mean, yeah. even... Exactly, countries. yeah. Even countries like Egypt. Right, well, that was not Pierce's first hot take. He developed it, I guess. I'm going along, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah who's got next one? Uh, if, no, anyway, that was good. good. Thomas, I just want to add that. Also, like, countries in Africa produce top talent that the US has yet to produce. Can't forget about Mohamed Salah and uh, Sadio Mane. But he was saying, no, he was saying like the league, like African leagues. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying like oh, the MLS. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying just like the United States because I put, would have put like Christian Pulisic in that conversation. But like, I'm just saying like kids that have come directly from Major League Soccer. Yeah, yeah. Like the level, like uh, Tom, you should watch when you're. I don't know how much game time you honestly get, but Dante Pulvara, uh, who's at Aberdeen, if you're watching Scottish football, you'd be good to look out for him because honestly. That kid looks so raw, and Kai, Kai, who played with him, says he's ridiculously good. Ridiculously yeah, good. Yeah, well. uh, I mean, that team Tom has produced like four or five guys that have already gone to Europe, and the rest of them are in the MLS, and the rest of them are in like high, high D1 level college soccer, who will probably go pro as well. So, like that, that NYCFC team, that Dallas team, or all the Dallas guys, because they're in kind of in different year groups. Um, but those guys are like the start or like the definition of like what this these academies should be doing because they are sending a load of these guys to college soccer and they're still going through the mls and then coming um or just going straight from college soccer to europe which is just as good if not better no fair no fair um yeah. i mean you guys have to go you guys have to go right thomas and adam like yeah yeah i gotta get going yeah thanks for having so, me of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome on you're welcome on. yeah i guess we can uh we can we can cut it here and I don't know see what happens later on yeah, down the line. Maybe my, my, maybe do a, a my, pod for the uh, US Canada game. My Wi Fi has uh, been awful, so Tom, just get through this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, What'd you say? The yeah, outro. Okay. Got it. Um, you know, send us send us a tweet if you if you listen to this. Who had the best hot take? And uh, yeah, <laughs> peace out. Cheers.